Brandis, for this celebration, joining me. Oh my God! There's two people. We have a party guest. We let's introduce the guest first. Let's Whoa. be fair to the guest. Let's introduce the guest first. No, All it's right. not. It's fine. <laughs> joining me, it's going to be my co-host. His name's Eric. Eric, tell him your name so we can introduce the guest. I know. I was going to say, like, wait, I put in the work I, it's to fair, get introduced, I second chair. And I drew it as soon as one new person walks in the door, then it's bye-bye, Eric. Yeah, we're just like, we might even make him the new co-host. Who knows? Watch yourself. I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this one bit. Yeah, I'm Eric. I am the unequivocal co-host of the Dragon Party Podcast. It's never been questioned. Until never today. been questioned, except for every time. Uh, no, uh, someone coming up through the ranks. Am co-hosting. <laughs> uh, we have our good friend uh, who plays both Magic and D and D with us, Pat. Hello, everyone. My name's Pat. Glad to be here. Uh, potential co-host of Dragon Party. We'll see. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't Shut just like try and become co-host. Now. <laughs> now, now you're trying too hard. Dare I speak it into existence? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, yes. We first party guest. We've been planning this for a while. While now, we've as soon as we introduced the podcast, we were like, "Yeah, we should have some friends on." And right, because you know, we all are in this whole thing where we all play D anD D and magic, and it's like always our favorite subjects. So, Pat, we're going to start with you today. Okay, uh, we're on a D anD D episode, so we're not going to talk so much about magic because we know you play magic. We'll have you on a guest another time where you'll talk about your magic history, but. Let's focus in on D&D. How long have you played D&D for? What's your involvement in D&D today like? All right. So, well, I mean, my first experience with D&D, pretty much the same time back like in high school. So, m- many moons ago. For. Mm-hmm. Now, that was very, very novice introduction. I played a campaign with my older brother once because they needed a tank. So, I was the, I think it was the back, I think that may have been third edition. I was going to say, was 5e even out then? Probably no. No, the, probably this is yeah. way long ago. Yeah. I didn't know really much what I was doing. I was just the, the dwarf fighter there for there to uh, tank everything. And then ever since then, it's been a very, like, just touch and go. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, of course I'll play D&D. You're like, yeah, I like D&D. I think I had maybe one more experience, maybe in college, if I could recall correctly. But I've never had that definitive, like, okay, I'm part of this party. We play every week up until recently where I met some friends down in Texas, our fellow nerds as I, and then I kind of got subsumed into their D&D activities. So it's been about, what, like 12 years or so that I've like known of D&D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, it's a long time. Yeah. Where I've like actually been playing a part of the community, actually know what I'm doing eh, about three years. I feel like that's how a lot of people start out. Is there like someone who knows more? They're like, hey, do you, we're going to play D&D. It's like we're starting a new group. Do you want to join? It's like, okay. And then inevitably it falls apart. And you're like, oh, that exactly. was fun. Sure. And then somebody else <laughs> is like, oh, yeah, I played D&D. They're like, oh, yeah, I played that once. And then eventually you get caught up in the whirlwind. You're like, oh, we're doing this every week for a while now. 
<laughs> right. All right. I, I had the rare thing where I was thrown into a D&D game because they were like, oh, you want to play? And I was like, sure. Immediately fell in love and then turned over and was like, I'm going to DM now. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know how I made that jump. Very bold of you. Yeah. <laughs> that was bold of me because I, I barely understood the game as is. And I was like, I could do this with DMing. What's your experience now DMing? Because I know you have some DM experience now. Now I do, yes. So that's even more, even more novice. Okay, but that just started. It just started here a few months ago. My same play group that I play with uh, once a week that kind of got me going, mm-hmm. kind of broke off the training wheels there. We had just finished a super long, like it was like a, like a two, three year homebrew with one friend. Another friend had, in that same play group, had DM'd a campaign that we were kind of switching off between. And so there were, we were just debating, okay, Who's going to DM the next campaign? And of course, they go, Pat, well, <laughs> it's up to you now. <laughs> You're up. And with uh, with a heavy heart, I accepted. But I I was very excited, but also incredibly nervous. And so I've been doing that, what, just, just a couple months now. Sure. And we know it's it's magic related, correct? You are in Innistrad? Yes. Yes, I have a campaign set in Innistrad. Is this all homebrewed, or did you purchase anything to go along with this to help out with the setting and the characters? And Thankfully, there was an incredible Reddit user who made his own PDF. Uh, his own PDF, he's got like a couple maps, it's a little bit of art, and he made what's called the Army of the Damned, I think is the actual name of the campaign setting. There you go, shout and out to I, that. Yes. I salaciously stole all of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're going to get sued via this podcast. They're going to find right, yeah. you. And <laughs> we're, well, if I, if as find... we've gone over earlier, we're big in lawyers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, we don't have a great loyalty uh, lawyer team here. So, uh... Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. So uh, we'll see how this goes. I'll see if I can find, I'll see if I can find his username, just so I can at least shout that out. Yeah, sure. And, I maybe mean, he'll like, yeah, be like, "That's awesome! I got shouted out, mm-hmm. and someone right. used my thing." Like, yeah, he he spent all this time preparing that, but that's awesome. So he he's given you most of the. And are you using uh, roll twenty like our campaign is used to? Yes, I'm just pretty much basing all off of that. Well, again, oh. so I got like the whole module from that module book itself, so to speak, yep. and then I'm all like the maps and everything else. I'm making myself, or I'm pulling off from the other Reddit communities as well. All right, you didn't use any other service for the D&D. Like, did you listen to our episode on uh, services at all and check out any of the ones that we suggested? Or I believe I did, if I recall correctly. Though That's I'm the correct mainly... answer, Pat. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Anytime we ask you about the podcast. Long like, time. Yes, Pat. Oh, oh, it's everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So mainly yeah, I... I've been using a little bit of Incarnate to like make my own maps, but it's mainly all Roll20. Yeah, and the internet has like such an amazing repository of any map you could want that you just be like, "Yep, copy paste off of yeah, Reddit." And that's like, good to know. Fantastic. Yeah, doing it for money, and usually a lot of the maps have like the Patreon name on it. So even if you're doing it on stream, that's usually good enough. Especially um, if you're looking for a fantasy world that is well established, you know, like someone wants to do Star Wars in general. I'm sure there's right, exactly. plenty of material there. I was even thinking to myself, like, you know what had a really great storyline? I used to play World of Warcraft a lot. And some of the, like, I was like, you know, you could just do a D&D campaign in the world of, like, World of Warcraft. And, like, they have fully fleshed out storylines in there. Right. So if you just, like, yep. copy-paste it, but do it in D&D sense, I'm like, it'd be great. I feel like you'd be running into the, like, 
the exact opposite of problem I am right now, where I'm trying to like Google to find like deep his history and lore of the plane of Innistrad. Right. After that's at the MTG wiki, which is like, here's a sentence on Thalia, you know. <laughs> they have books. Ex- that's true. They have they have some books. Articles. They have like what you're doing as a DM is you're cramming like two hours before your session. Be like, exactly. oh wait, we're just going to talk to this person. What if they ask something? You don't have time to read exactly. the 500 page novel. What? Uh huh. Whereas like Blizzard's team has fleshed out hundreds and hundreds of pages of documents in the lore of like right. It's how Azeroth was everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I I I thought it was. It's kind of funny that like. You, Brett, you jumped into DMing after playing like a couple sessions and was I like did. not intimidated at all. I, after playing for a while, and it seems like Pat, you had the same experience, was just like, like, oh no, they're <laughs> now I'm gonna have to actually like create everything. <laughs> like exactly. it, was, it felt much more like a big step. To be fair, I, I only had to basically run what became just two like two one shots. Like they, they their characters carried over, but I did like one big dungeon. Okay. And then, like, one big day out for them. But it wasn't... uh, (laughs) My group was tough, though. It was, like, I've mentioned this before. It was 12 people, which is not the ideal number of players to have in a campaign. That's too much. So what I I literally did is, like, I set up this dungeon, and, like, I didn't give them much, like... I shoved them into a pyramid, and then I was like, you three are, like, everyone choose a section. You're splitting up. You're, I'm splitting the party. You don't get yeah. a choice. This means there's four parts. Yeah, you gotta, because, like, if you have, oh if God. you let every person have a chance at speaking, one, every conversation is going to take half an hour. <laughs> like, like the, the hey, like, oh, you walk into a merchant shop, a potion shop, and you want to buy some stuff, it's like, even if you give them oh, no. the inventory list, there's just no way that you're getting out oh, of that the, encounter. The one day, yeah, I had them in a city at one point, and it was the worst mistake I ever made. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was like, everyone, all right, you're all in the shop. What do you want? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, God, this is a nightmare. <laughs> like, oh, wait, like, you, you said, I, I wasn't listening to you when you were going over that. Like, what was it? How much was that price? I want to oh, haggle now. God. Oh, man. It's just everything took forever. I, those were the twelve-hour sessions because we, but you know, we were in college. We had all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had no oh. life. <laughs> the dream. Uh, but you know what? We we skipped something. We have to start the podcast off right, especially for our guest. We should offer him a drink, shouldn't we? Yeah. Oh, oh really? Let's, off, let's offer our guest a drink. Um, why don't why why don't you start off? Uh, what what will you be drinking at our party here? We invited you in, but you have to bring your own beer. You have to bring, supply. Your own stash here. What are you going to be drinking, Pat? Well, I, I don't know if this is a, a Dragon Party faux pas, but I, I don't drink beer. Ooh, no, I, I've yes. drank whiskey. He's drank whiskey on plenty of occasions. Wonderful. Well, we've survived so far. Well, as gentlemen <laughs> both know. Doesn't uh, have to be. Beers tend to be what I choose because they have so many fun names. <laughs> oh, and I, I like, yeah. It's just, it's just purely because I have a store that has copious amounts of really fun craft beers that have fun names to match so the one i brought today obviously kind of matches the theme but what do you got going on then so as you gentlemen both know i've been getting big into mead thank you oh, yeah covid very so dnd that is DD, yeah when you think skyrim and then everything i think mead oh yes so i've got the the honeyed nordic blend Ooh. from starlight meadery that's a local meadery here in north carolina nice Ooh. and it is rather scrumptious 
we actually have a meadery that just opened up downtown, which is just amazing. That oh like that's God. a thing. <laughs> like, oh, I've been to so many in a downtown. <laughs> I'm surprised meaderies aren't more popular. Like the ciders got super popular a little little while yep. ago. Obviously, breweries and distilleries are very popular to go into. But yeah, yeah I was like, I've heard of rare. too many meaderies. Right. Uh, Eric, how about you? What you gonna what you gonna be drinking? I'm I'm drinking a whiskey, That's and on theme with our did did we even talk about what our theme is? But our no, topic for today. We're, no, we're yeah. excited about having a party. Our theme is party guests. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're kind of kicking off a new series, I guess. It's basically like how, what makes a good player, like good player tips. And we brought. We want uh, people to be able to play D anD. d That was kind of the, the point of the D anD. d portion of the podcast was to get exactly. people to play D anD. d And uh, something that people might not be used to is playing D anD. d So <laughs> we have to start really base level. Like, right. here's how and, you should play. Yeah, and one thing that our special guest Pat does extremely well is take notes. So this is oh. kind of like a note taking tips and tricks episode. And so I'm drinking a whiskey called Writer's Tears. Nice. That's Very just, nice. That, that just goes with the D&D, too, especially if you want to write your own homebrew. For oh, yes. I'm going through that right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it is not the easiest. Is the, our campaign's wrapping up, so now, now the rubber's going to meet the road as far as my <laughs> homebrew writing is concerned. Uh, my my drink of choice it go it, it could have been used on basically any podcast so it feels a little cheap but for this one it's perfect it's called kicking knowledge <laughs> awesome <laughs> I love it because we're gonna be out, out here kicking knowledge about how to be a D and D player now this one's an exciting beer it is mil- a milkshake that says underneath and it says it's horchata style horchata's milk Ooh. and like cinnamon basically I had a horchata beer before and it was incredible. So I'm hoping this follows suit. I was very excited when I found this. And it was also aptly named, so I was just like... Right, yeah. All That's all right. That sounds amazing. This is from Barrier Brewing Co. Where are they at? Barrier Brew Co. Where are you guys at? In Oceanside, New York. So that sounds like probably mm-hmm. Long Island. New York makes good beer. All right. Um, yeah, it's delicious. I feel like the D&D story of the week should come from our special guest. Oh, sure. So... Which, if you want to share from your campaign, and let's go with both. Let's do two stories yeah. of the week. Here's something. Let us, like, what's going on in your campaign right now? Give us a window on what is happening there. Wonderful. Well, I did find the, the user's name who made this. This is uh, Tomer Abramovici. Oh, also is he known from on, MTG Goldfish? I, I don't know. He's On Twitter, he's at, at Budget Commander, and he is u slash Spike Tail Drake on Reddit. So I, I, wonder, how, I wonder if it's the same Tomer that's on MTG Goldfish. Maybe. Like a, if so, Tomer, you are a fine gentleman. Thank you very much. Anywho. I and, imagine it is because it's magic related, right? It's like, right. <laughs> you right. know, we're all in the same universe here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, at the moment right now, my my group, my daring adventuring party set out from the center, the center of Innistrad, Thraben, and moved west into Stentia uh-huh. to the village of Shadowgrange on the western coast on the uh, the western ridge line i love hearing all the names that i'm familiar with like i just want to be yeah. great <laughs> i'm like just like ah yes <laughs> god dang it so they're, they're going there in search of katarina brune who is a cathar who is in possession of an artifact that will help to lead uh to Abson's disappearance so this is and if anyone's listening right now this is uh no spoilers but pre-madness Abson. 
This is, this is before any of that happened. That's where that of... mechanic come from. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna build up into that. That'll be a very big part of the campaign. Cool. So okay. this is one part where I do differ from the module. On uh, the module, uh, they're actually looking for the that's the a tuning fork, which is reminiscent reminiscent of the Stryonic resonator. <laughs> and it's like Ooh. that's gonna help lead them to Avicen. But in mine, Sick. I switched it up, so it's a shard of Avicen's spear that's broken off. And so they'll use that to help locate where she's currently being held. Cool. That's why I did kind of brew that up. How separately. did you introduce your party to each other? Like, how did the first role play session with them go? Yeah, that's always I, a very curious thing to me because it's yeah. so awkward, especially as a yeah. new player. A lot of new players are like, "Wait, we're supposed to just like?" They yeah. just assume like we're partied together. I'm like, no, you you kind of have to role play it out. Like, right. I know we're gonna force you guys to be together, but like, let's come up with a scene to like mesh. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so I like the the beginning hook. As you know, they're all from Innistrad. And then the mayor of Thraben, you know, like, you know this where this where I kind of brewed a little more. The the mayor of Thraben sent missives to each of them individually. because uh, they were in search of a little bit more of an unorthodox party to go on this spe- special mission. Because they could have sent, you know, like Cathars or Parish Blades or priests in search of this, but that would draw a lot of attention to potential Skurzdag infiltrators, you know, within the church itself. Interesting. Did yeah. you have uh, opening good. scenes where they, like, set on their own, and you, like, went individually, like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, <laughs> did you have run in individual scenes to, like, get them to somehow combine? So not quite. I gave them a little blurb with their letter, as far as, like, you know. To, like, you're... meet in a place, like. Shove yeah. them. Yeah, like, okay. And then meet, you're like, no decisions, you're going there. Yep. Meet in the high cathedral. <laughs> yeah, you gotta throw them. Yeah, yeah you have to, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's it's always fascinating, but like it has yeah. to. Yeah. And one one of the members of the of the party's a cleric and is like, you know, lower lower level ranking a monk in the Avicinian church structure. So he's already mm. part of the church structure. So he, so, he okay. cool. so he's kinda like the very like de facto leader because they're like it's like, you know, go, you're uh, so the mayor's like, You you will be the shining light on this. You know, gotcha. expedition. Nice. It's like him and his supporting cast, basically. It's like his Pretty mission much. and and a bunch of people that are strong enough. And they were like, "Yeah, let's let's do yeah. it." <laughs> it yeah, it, it's always kind of funny because it's like you have to give the party a reason to go, and usually, like, no one cares because they all know what's going on and they know it's a game. But right. like in the back of your head, like you kind of had to have a thing. It was like there's a lot of super powerful people around here. Why weren't they tasked to do with this? And it's like, oh yeah, come up with me. And that that question might come up. Like, I don't know if they have, but I could totally imagine be like, they meet this powerful person and be like, why wasn't he sent out <laughs> to do this thing? And yeah. then they're like, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's yeah, like, yeah, oh, there's corruption? Like, yeah. whoa, whoa, <laughs> hold on. Uh, yeah, that was that's pretty, cool. pretty much one of the first questions they asked the mayor is like, why are you sending us, you know, like level three? <laughs> I'm level and... one. <laughs> Excuse <Yeah>. me? <laughs> on a rank, an arbitrary ranking scale of one to 20. Just made that up on the spot. Got I it. think I'm level one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how it came up with that. It's yeah, crazy. So, yeah, the hook for that was like, yeah, we need, you know, an odd unorthodox group outside of the church structure. So it's not to draw attention from the Skurz dag, mm-hmm. you know. That's, that's and cool. what I like about your setup too is it gave them a very clear motivation for where to go, what to like, and and kind of where their heading is. Something yeah. I felt about like Strahd a couple times while we're playing it, so that's the one that we're in, right? Is like the motivation to kill Strahd wanes a bit. 
in the mid game. Like you, you spend so long without even mentioning the name or hearing about him, and you're dealing with other stuff that, like, at the end, you're like, "What were we supposed to do again?" <laughs> like, well, yeah. Who's that guy? Do yeah, we that- care? Do we even <laughs> care anymore? Like, <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely something that, like, I could just. It, it's one of those things I could tell is kind of like lacking, other than just like trying to go home. I and I've tried to hint at some things but at that point you guys were already kind of invested in the story so i was like all right yeah, I, yeah. yeah right we eventually got so motivated that we we're like we have to let's just get him right like yeah just, yeah get him at, at some point <laughs> yeah. after strad's minions attack you in the name of him enough you're just like fuck this guy <laughs> like, yeah, he, it almost has to be a, a big enough thorn in your side that like he sends a message every so often that it's like okay good screw this guy he, right, like, he yeah. just keeps coming after us. Like, yeah, at some point it becomes personal. But yeah, there is there is a lot of times where I was like, what if they just like stop? Or like, I have to give them reasons to care. Because that's yeah. one thing that the module either, depending on how you look at it, leaves open for you to interpret or is lacking in, yeah. in some way. Uh, because they, it's kind of in and of itself. We'd be like, this is the evil guy and you have to go kill him. And one thing it does well is it encourages you to meet Strahd early on. And that way it prides, a, it makes it a little more personal. Like this guy is keeping you from, uh, from going home, I think rather than just be like, Oh yeah, there's a dude in a castle. No one has seen for 200 years. Yeah. He's, he's fucking with you. I did like that last character that we ran into. You mentioned another motivation was get the getting home portion, right? So yeah. We were all transported to a land. One of your motivations can be, well, it's, you know, Wizard of Oz style. Let's get out of here. Right, exactly. One path to doing so. That and that was really cool to run into her and have such a strong like. This is how I'm getting back. Yeah, just like I. Yeah, it was Esmeralda, who is a character in the module, but I just she's just like a one-off person that you have a chance of encountering. Uh, and I was like, oh, it'd be cool, like if she's an adventurer here, and she was just like. Oh, I can't kill Strahd. Like, there's no way I can do this. <laughs> so I'm getting out. I'm here. getting out of here. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that that was a pretty funny moment. I was like, I had basically we're rushing to do an in-person session, everybody. <laughs> so I'm just having log swaths of exposition forced down my player's throat, uh, and it's fine because we all know what the deal is. Uh, but basically, I had written out like basically several pages of scenes <laughs> to. To be like slowly introduce the fact that Esmeralda might not be telling the truth and might be <laughs> bringing people to the Amber Temple to kill them or to sacrifice them to her new patron, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as they were just like the first lie, <laughs> your character was like, she lied. Let's go get her. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I'm playing a very vindictive snobby barbarian. Yeah. So if you slight me, I will do everything in my power to destroy you. Do you agree that your character is a cop carbon copy clone of the new red green commander from the product? So I actually, when you mentioned that in your episode, (laughs) I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Like that is your character. I see. I saw the spoiler and I was like, this is, this is perfect. Yeah. Yes. You should buy that deck just to bring a copy of him in person and use have him as that your token in combat. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad <laughs> idea. Around. Yeah, it uh-huh. isn't. So uh, I guess that could be kind of our story of the week. Although we, as in Dungeons and Dragons, last session of our campaign was pretty cool because you guys actually fought a dragon. 
Oh, yeah, let, let's go over the dragon fight. So, so a very typical, very exciting thing to do in Dungeons & Dragons, right, is fight a dragon. Fight a dragon. Yeah, it is now, in the name. It is in the name, and I think everyone assumes that every Dungeons & Dragons campaign has dragons. But here I am mentioning, you could do a Star Wars thing. You could do, yeah. you know, there's, there's plenty of ways that it, can't, it might not end up with a dragon. Ours did, even though it didn't feel like a dragon universe, right? There was no mention of dragons before this. There was yeah, no there was no reason to suspect a dragon could be afoot. It was just like dragon. Well, well, I had that was one of the parts that could have been uncovered if you guys had poked poked around a little more in the Amber Temple uh, as wise here because, um, so my the Argonvol Lord Argonvol of Argonvol Salt was a dragon, and he had his lieutenant uh, Brigmund the Black, who was a black dragonborn. And his deal was he was mad at Argonvolts for like not being a dragon all the time because he like secretly wanted to be a dragon. Uh, so his deal with the Dark Powers was in exchange for like service to Strahd and betraying the Argonvolt, uh, Lord Argonvolts and the, uh, the his order. His motivation was I'm going to betray everybody so I can become a dragon. So now you're reminding me now thinking about our session. I was just like turning, my head was turning and I was like, you know what? We should cut off that thing's head and bring its skull. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Right. So uh-huh. part of the campaign is we needed a dragon skull. Uh, we figured that out after a very long time. <laughs> now we have a chance at a second one. A second one. Yeah. Let's bring it. Uh, Let's bring yeah. it to that temple. See what happens. But yeah, that, it was, it's a really cool fight because also as you as you level up, you kind of realize how strong things are. And dragons are this thing that are just like, holy crap, these things can fly, which is a big deal. They have these immense breath weapon attacks that just deal like 60 damage. They don't come back every turn, but it's just like, I only have 70 hit points. So if I take 60 from this breath and then he attacks me once, I'm down. Like, yeah. It's that very, was like, definitely terrifying. If he if they rolled better on that, we were all dead. I mean, there was no way around it. Like that. Thank God it only it only it had exactly the amount of times to survive. Yeah, and I I started to uh, to raise the tension. I started rolling the breath weapon out in the open just to just to be like right, all right, it was, it was death based off that thing. I mean, yeah, right. it was literally a one shot kill on any character on the battlefield. So oh yeah. But you guys uh, did a pretty cool thing. You there was uh, I had uh, the dragon was guarding Strahd's brother's temple or uh, tomb, yep. and you had to go to the tomb to get this this weapon to use against Strahd. And you guys closed yourself off as the dragon <laughs> was raging, uh, about to heal up a little bit. Where uh, your your party member just like. Was bamboozled by Strahd. You and- threw a twist in there out of nowhere. We were like thinking we we're gonna have this nice talk with this, some dead guy that's gonna give us all the secrets to defeating our mortal enemy. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Ended that real quick. Uh, and both uh, Sebastian's the player. Uh, both Sebastian and I, I like I I was like he opens it and I just looked around and no one said anything. I was like okay and it, it works. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, yeah, what were we going to do about it? It was, it was a very quick thing. Like, I wasn't going to, like, 
smack Sebastian in the face. I thought he was doing something. I honestly thought he was supposed to do that based off of something in the beginning, like one of his uh, fortunes. Right, and and that's that's why Strahd did what he did. Was it it wasn't uh, it wasn't super obvious that he was doing anything evil. Yeah, you had your secret DM player moment with him. Yeah, like a week ago in the woods that night, and we all kind of just forgot about it. Yeah, it was definitely a power move. I asked everyone to leave the Discord chat <laughs> except for him, and <laughs> and then that happened. Uh, yeah. I love that, that was that was based off of a crit fail on just like a perception check. Like it wasn't like yeah. was it a perception check or was it a saving throw that I was hiding as a perception? Yeah, right. <laughs> It's never good when the DM starts doing secret stuff with his players. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every time in Critical Role when Mercer goes, like, no, you come here, I have to whisper you something. They're all like, Yo. oh, oh, oh my gosh, this is why. <laughs> Your party member betrays you out of nowhere. Uh, I yeah. love it, though, because that did add a whole element to the whole campaign. I mean, that just that changed the game. That changed that one thing changed the campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was super cool because... Uh, yeah, that that is one of those like key moments that if you had like stopped Sebastian from doing that, then that, I, yeah, that, right. That, I do feel cheated. I do feel cheated right now. You're right. I feel <laughs> I feel like I never got to experience Curse of Strahd because it got deleted in the in the end cutscene. They just click skip. Right. Basically, <laughs> yeah, and and that'll be something I'll like could talk about later, like as a campaign wrap up thing be like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is what I was planning to do. If, if you guys had uh, stopped that, but yeah, basically it was a, I think it was, it was like a brass, an iron flask that Strahd had modified yeah, to capture his, in, his yeah, brother's soul. soul. Yeah. Well, that was, it was just a wild moment. Maybe if I took better notes on those fortunes, I would have oh, known to just stop him. That's true. Yeah, we're 30 minutes in and haven't even gotten to our main topic. Which reminds me, Pat, why didn't you stop him? You took good notes. Right. You should <laughs> have stopped true. him. This <laughs> is true. If I had a moment to uh, do a little alt-tab, get into the Google Doc, if I had only alt-tabbed quicker. <laughs> now, we're in the digital age, so your your strategy is a Google Doc is where you're writing everything down on? or. Yeah, that that's just my go-to. Are you organizing it by session? How are you organizing your notes? Just by session. Like, obviously, you know, broken down by campaign that I'm running, or, like, running or that I'm in, and then, yeah, each individual session. Got notes on it. Okay, and and now that we're kind of moving in, I just have some, uh, some words, like, from a DM. I love Pat's note-taking. It is so helpful. It One, because... Things as a DM, sometimes you don't know how it comes across as a player. That's one of the reasons why I ask a player to recap what happened last sure, session. Sure, his notes yep. are in the player's view, not in your view. Player's view. So you'd be like, okay, what did they think that yeah. I showed them versus what did I sh- like? What did I show them? Did they? Did they like? Do they have a feeling about a certain NPC? Like, oh, we'll see about X, Y, Z. And then in my head, I was like, oh, okay, that didn't come across well enough that they were supposed to go to this town. I have to mention that again. Right. Um, or is Irina the worst character ever? Do we even need a healer? No, is the answer. Of course not. Swifty's fine. Yeah. He's the best healer. He's the hard. Best. We don't yep. need any other healer. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was in the notes from the beginning. Every week. Every week that was part of it. It was like, yeah. please kick her out. Eric, do something about her. And he did. He listened. 
There we go. I did. And... You gotta listen to your player. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when the when the party's life cleric <laughs> is just hoarding in on the bard's healing style, like right. just, you just, just gotta get rid of her. Really cramping my style. <laughs> I mean, I looked real poor until she left. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, in case that wasn't in the note, <laughs> but yeah, I I just think it's it's very nice. Be- because also sometimes like it's hard to figure out where that line is between like the character forgot and the player forgot like a certain detail of what happened like four months ago in a game. Like the stuff that happened with the the eye with the uh, triangular iris. Oh, that yeah. is something I mentioned in like session four. Session, and I yeah, brought session up three. Yeah, session yeah. three. And I brought up here in like session 50. Right. or something and it was a really cool but very validating for me that that you're like oh wait i remember that for like control f i triangle and then you're like oh my gosh it's from this thing the yep. only connection though was that it was an amber temple object right it was, there wasn't actually anything significant to do or play with there right it was just it was just background maybe well, yeah it was it was all part of like <laughs> I, at least we didn't do anything with it. We were just like, yeah. that's the thing from the other thing. Uh, we noticed it, but then didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so, some, sometimes all it is is just like, oh, it's a cool story thing that it might not yeah. have mean anything mechanically. But for for the listeners, I just shrug my shoulders at that question. <laughs> that He's making us doubt ourselves, and it's really annoying. He's doing yeah. the DM thing and right now. The DM Very thing. good DM yeah. style. He's never answering a question quite directly. <laughs> yeah. Quite to the player's satisfaction. Yeah. I attack it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Roll to attack. Does, this, does a 15 save? All right, we'll see. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I cast I knock know. on it. <laughs> I cast knock on the DM. <laughs> Right, well, I think I, I think I have to tell him the truth. Yep, and then kind of, you know, jumping off of what you said, Eric, as as a new DM, there's nothing like, there's nothing more heartening as then when you say, all right, who wants to do like to do the recap? And I've got mm-hmm. one guy in our party again who's always he's the the best note taker. He note takes taker very good notes. Group. You need yep. someone, and he's always like, okay, I can do it. I'm just like, yes. awesome. <laughs> I'm just like. <sighs> It grows so fast. <laughs> and he pulls out his notes. He goes through it. And I'll add like maybe a detail or two when it's great. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing more. It makes you like so crest. I didn't realize that it would hurt me so much when I'm just like, all right, who wants to do the recap? And like maybe he was out that like last session. Everyone's just like, oh, uh, did you take notes? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me check. It's, oh, I kind of remember what's I'll wing it. And of course, that's fine because this is D and D, and we're having fun with friends, and they're not all going to memorize every part of Innistrad lore like I have, like I want them <laughs> to. And so you just have to be like, "It's okay, you know, just this is their play style." But it, it yeah. still hurt. It hurts every time, and and it like it does affect like mechanics in the game because there might be. Like I've slipped up and accidentally given you guys more information than I meant to sometimes during yeah. these recaps or uh, like if that's somebody's character, which is like, oh, I'm the I'm like a, a Indiana Jones type where all I'm about is like investigating these ruins and figuring out the lore of the religion um, and just having to like come up with all that because of the innate imbalance of workload of a DM to players. But then. It's like, this is what your character is supposed to do. And if I have to constantly 
give you that information over and over and over again, it kind of sucks. And also like in the moment, it's way better for like Swifty Brett's character to remember something in the game to be like, Oh yes, the Eric gave me something off, maybe off screen or, or whatever to, to know now and explain it to the party. Then like, Hey, like, Oh, I remember that we were there. What did you tell me again? Um, again, it is like, annoying. Yeah, exactly. it, it, it's definitely smoother when they're just, especially role playing wise, right? It, right. Role playing, like you have to be the character, and if you are the character, you generally are supposed to know things then that you were already told. You, you don't have yeah. someone feeding you the lines off stage. Yeah, uh, just just to play your character. It's it's more like no, you you know, it's it's not as fun of a game. Now I've of course made it within my character to forget everyone. Yeah. Brett, Brett uh, snuck <laughs> around that loophole. <laughs> I don't recommend doing, but it is quite hilarious. Although it, it is kind of funny because if I, I, <laughs> then you never ask me somebody's name, which is the benefit. Right. <laughs> I just you're get just like, like close enough or say their, their race and I call them whatever the race is, man. So if I see a yeah. dragonborn, I'll call him dragon man. And that's just what right. I do. Yeah, even th- that part's fine because since, it, like, I can just give you the wrong name, and then if I make a mistake and give you the wrong name by accident, it's just like, ah, that's Swifty's character. <laughs> that's what you think is <laughs> figure it out. He thinks his name's this. <laughs> um, all right, so the but I think a lot of people struggle with the act of taking notes, like good notes and good detailed notes, because th- as a player, you don't know what details are important, what ones aren't important, other than like nouns, essentially, like like person's name city that they're from what are they doing other than those things um and also if they're engaged in a role-playing session they're, they're having conversation with the dm in character that conversation's happening in real time obviously so they don't want to be like pause write down this thing so like how do you do that pat like what is your strategy for or do you just like remember it and then while somebody else is talking to the dm or doing something or is it like during combat you're writing stuff down like what what is your what is your strat yeah so my normal go-to is actually i've i have zero to no notes about combat it's always just Mm -hmm. oh and a dragon rises out of the pile of gold and then it's right to the looting because the combat (laughs) is always just something i like keep in my mind unless something significant to the story or to the lore happens in combat then i'll jot that down while it's not my turn and then as far as like when I'm like role playing or like we're having a conversation, I feel like it's like one of like one of two ways. Either it is which I don't know how much like like you just said, Eric, if this is gonna be too disjointed or if it works well or not. I found this does work pretty well. It's let's say I'm role playing with, you know, an innkeeper and I'm talking, like, oh when when did you hear about this cultist activity? And then while like the innkeeper's talking, I'll jot some notes down and I'm listening. And then like I'll ask a question. And or I might be like, oh, like what? What do you say that name was? And I'll, you know, outside, you know, right. talking to like to you, the DM, and kind of just type that in real quick. Then I'll ask. That'll also give me a little more time to ask like a logical follow up question as my character. So sometimes I'll like hop between like, I'll go, like Eric, what's the name of that place? Okay. Oh, so where did they where did they find this hideout again? And so <laughs> it, it, it might be it might seem a little jumpy maybe from the DM's perspective. But it's like me and the character, I'm like, okay, like it's like me thinking inside again and then talking and then continuing right. the conversation. Your thoughts are out loud and then your acting happens in voice. Yeah. Exactly. Or I'll just 
have the conversation, and as soon as someone else jumps in, I go, okay, I take a break, and like, all right, I think he said this, he said this. Okay, I'll ask Eric later. Okay, boom. boom, boom. <laughs> Which is fair though that to right. say that like you can have your thoughts. I, you know, we all don't just remember names willy nilly. You have to like think about them. So your thoughts can be questions to, to DM to be like, you yeah, be exactly. my conscience, DM. Yeah. Tell me what I'm <laughs> thinking. And it, it works for the most part. Right. One thing you, you mentioned, you you take notes on the loot. And I think you have notes on like everyone's loot. Not just like, so I usually only oh, yeah. write down everything in detail of what I was given. But when we're given loot in any, any ch- like chests, things, anywhere, someone loots something, you're writing that thing down. So you have oh, yeah. like a, a like an inventory list on all the loot we've ever gotten, right? Yeah. So that's one thing. As the as the bag of holding holder, <laughs> I have of course fastidious notes on everything in the bag. Like one for the party and two just so I know. It might go kind of hand in hand with that, isn't it? it and exactly with the bag of holding. And everybody out there, let the note taker carry the bag of holding. <laughs> I know it might be your character's yes. flaw, saying you're very possessive and not and not trusting of your objects. Quality of life. If there's a note taker who says, "I'll have the bag," and nine times out of ten, they're going to want to do that because they don't trust anyone else <laughs> to take it, or they're just like, "Oh, I like knowing what everything." Just let them do it. Exactly. <laughs> let them do it. Yeah, and I, that very much falls in because, like, if someone else had the bag, I, I think I'd maybe get used to it. But I'd also be like, I just want to know what's in the bag, which is also me and also my character being like a snobby rich aristocrat i'm like no i should have this i should know what's in here and the bag of holding it's particularly important because this happened uh in in our campaign where the person who had the bag died like that's an old (laughs) old character so and the bag says you have to visualize the object and (laughs) you have to know what's in there like there could be stuff in the bag that you don't know about right um so there is like a way for if the DM gets mad at the players enough, they can be like, "Hey, like, hey, remember that sword we found a while ago? Like, I want to pull that out." And the DM's like, "I'm sick of telling you what this thing, what this very key piece of information is. <laughs> well, what does it look like? You have to picture your mind's eye <laughs> to to pull it out. Like, oh, I would know. Like, describe it for me right now, <laughs> real time, and then you can pull it out. I'll so, roll for it. <laughs> yeah, like." Yeah, there is there is technically a mechanic built into <laughs> to uh, encourage note taking in specifically the bag of holding. But anyway, exactly. sorry, I interrupted. No, yeah, very very good point to make. So of course, so then I've got the, the fastidious list. I'll even keep things in there that I've given away. I'll put in parentheses like given to given Who to given it to right. You Mike Underhill like, in Kresk. That that's one thing I've noticed. You have like just the de facto tracking of all items we've ever seen. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, where did the symbol of the Ravenkind go? And you're just like, oh, it was. We received it here. We gave it here. Then this guy has it. And they're like, oh, holy crap! You have this like chain of custody for every item in the game. And I'm like, exactly. holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Because like it, like especially after the dragon fight, like a, we gave a bunch of like the nice gems we found in the gold pile to the spellcasters, and I like I saw write everything we get down in the Google doc and everything that goes in the bag goes in my bag list of my character sheet so while i'm not tracking everything in my character sheet i know like wait a second no like you you should have the component for that you should have that diamond because we fought that dragon back i can just control f diamond and i know it's a thousand so thousand gp because i always put the cost too it goes boom it's like no you have a diamond 
<laughs> you picked it up right. at this point. You have not cast like Heroes Feast or whatever. You haven't expelled that. Got you. <laughs> Maybe it's because I, I just, I just like that. I like. I don't know. Maybe this is also just my character or like my personality coming out, where I'm just like, mm. I like to be that guy where the DM goes like, "What are you gonna do?" Like the acid starts filling the room. What do you got? And I just go, "Hold on a moment. I'll pull out <laughs> this extendable ladder we picked up thirty <laughs> sessions ago for thirty silver." Hmm. We still gotta find a use for my bee balm, okay? I'm holding up. That is the one thing I have copious notes on. All the right? bee sting balm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, I think the most powerful moment a player can have is those moments where the DM forgets they have this item. They have, <laughs> have this like sting balm, and I'm like, it, it's gonna like matter somehow. <laughs> Two years from now, it's gonna be level twenty. You'd be like. Wait, you gave me beasting bomb and I have not used it. I'm like, ah, my carefully crafted story point is now ruins. NPC gets bitten by a mutated hornet or something, and you're like, I've got something uh-huh. that can help. Ah, I'm like, Damn, you're right. Um, and and also like this this is this is something that I I've, I've used uh, as a resource as a DM. Like, use your note taker as a resource because I asked you, uh, Pat, about like, hey, can you send me everything that's in the bag of holding? Just because, like, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> because a lot yeah, of times, right. you can't keep track of that much, right? It's like you give out so much stuff, you don't know yeah. what ended up back in there. And what? And I don't know. Sometimes, like, especially earlier on, there are some things you didn't find that are in my notes, and I try ah. my best to mm-hmm. be like, okay, they rolled a. 10 on the investigation check that's pretty good they got four out of five things and then maybe the they didn't or they didn't find all the gold like they found 90 percent of the gold in the room so that that's something that sometimes is very difficult to track especially in the moment because sometimes i'm just doing making stuff up on, on the spot like how much gold you have sometimes i'll be like oh i, I know i know around how much gold is in this room but then it's kind of depending on how well you roll or something like that. So I'm be like, did you find this? Like, I forgot. <laughs> and yeah. historically I was, I have not been good this entire campaign on investigation <laughs> checks. I really haven't. I, there's not many that I've passed, but now you, you're going to like crush them because they're investigations, intelligence based. I'm a lot better now. There we go. But still not great. Still not fantastic. But, uh, but yeah, there was, uh, so you, yeah, you do very good job, especially with the items, which are are very important to. to I, keep track I think I on. didn't realize how important that tracking system was until you're at the end of the game and you're and you're like, who has the we we, I, we ha- there was a ruby that came out at some point. Right now, we need a ruby to do this. Right, exactly. Like, to have that tracking system is actually like really invaluable. And especially yeah. for spell components, like you said, like if it's during combat, I have 15 different things on my head or in my head <laughs> that need to go on. I don't have time to go back in the Rolodex or go to my notes and be like, I have not only all the monsters <laughs> to keep track of, I have to answer all the questions that somebody has and be like, oh, wait, are you still concentrating on the spell? Oh, wait, you did take damage. So you have to make concentration check. Oh wait! Oh, uh, th- this person is a shapeshifter, so you can't cast or the polymorph doesn't work. But you don't know he's a shapeshifter, so now <laughs> like you didn't see him like stress out too much about being polymorph. So make it an insight check to see if your polymorph could even work. It's like all this stuff is going on, and sometimes you just 
need to be like, I don't know if you have that rupee. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) One more point about loot too, is that loot is actually rather creative besides the stuff that the DM is like, this is what you find. A lot of times when you defeat, say a dragon, you can cut off its claws and loot its claws. I mean, it, it is a little creative in that sense that like you can specifically go after certain things that the DM wasn't explicitly like you peel off his scale and you take, you get a black scale. Now your character can go out of its way and be like, I want some dragon scales from this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, One question I wanted to ask you, Pat is are your notes and is your note taking different from when you're DMing than when you're a player? So I was really glad we brought this up because I was actually thinking about that too. Because I think on one hand where my, as the player, my note-taking is like very fastidious and I always want to know what's going on. And like I'm constantly just all tapping, clacking shit down even mid-conversation. I feel like on the inverse, my DM note-taking is just absolute garbage. <laughs> I haven't figured that part out yet. <laughs> yeah, because I know, and I hope you'll, you'll hand take this over eric as far as just like the some of the sources you've used you seem to be significantly more prepared as a dm than i than i am <laughs> as far as you know like you i forget what the website you use and i want to hand it off to you in a sec where you you could like catalog things from like a wikipedia page and so you just like click click here boom okay oh what's the history of this of this you know little parish we're in oh right here here got it mainly i have just everything just in my head <laughs> and then what the players do, I'll kind of just jot down as far as like, okay, oh, they caught this piece of information from this character. This will tie in later. There's some foreshadowing. So as far as like, as a player, I'll have like a page filled out for that session. As a DM, I have like five lines. Five notes of like, like this like, is what they the did. thing I'll play on later. Yep. Right. <laughs> they'll, they'll meet his cousin uh, in the second part of this campaign. <laughs> it's your foreshadowing list. You're like, this is foreshadowed, this is foreshadowed, this one. Pretty much. That's what I'll work on later. (laughs) And that's where I need to improve as a DM. I know Mm. that 100%. Mm. Well, it's kind of funny because as a DM, like, you don't need to take a lot of notes because most of the notes are are the discovery. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, you don't need to say, um, well, I'll walk that back a little bit, but... I'll, to finish my point, a lot of what you need to say is stuff that already exists in your preparation. And yeah, I am definitely like, I prep everything. And the uh, the resource that I've started using is World Anvil, which basically allows you to just create like a wiki for your world. That was what, did we mention that on our episode? I don't. I wonder I, we, if we did. No, no, we, like we did because did. I hadn't used it. And then you yeah, were describing and I, and I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, that is the storytelling uh, tool to use, right. guys. Like that for everyone out there. It is incredible. It, it's fantastic. How much it can help with storytelling in specific. Um, although for this campaign, I haven't converted over to that uh, mm. entirely, mostly because I just have a bunch of Word documents, and I did. There's a lot of like, uh, like clerical work you have to do in World Anvil to like link articles together and stuff, and it's much easier to do it as you're building it. Um. But I'm definitely uh, a super prepper as far as that's concerned. And I just to make it flow, I'm just like 45 minutes before the session. I just read everything, all my notes, <laughs> just like just to upload it into my brain. Uh, and I have all the pages out on my screens and stuff. And I have notes written down. Um, so 
I really don't have to take too many notes because I just kind of like circle a name in my notebook saying like, okay, they met this person or I'll highlight a name say like, this is the person that they met. Um, and you just kind of like remember that. And I, I do take a bunch of like post session notes. Um, however, when you have to make stuff up on the spot, that is when note taking as a DM becomes super important because you never know what they're going to latch onto. You never know that yeah. like, like, this person has this personality like the uh the 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 sheep keeper shepherd is the word i was trying to think of, in kresk luca luca he was just that was his name and this is what he knew about the mysteries going in town and a bunch of stuff and i just kind of like made up his personality on the spot and so i just kind of like wrote down like luca like like stoner bro yeah. <laughs> and, and then uh making up the shopkeeper like i had a list of names already typed out so if you say like hey what like what's your name of this or like is there a potion shop in town it's like not a potion shop but there's this and it's ran by giselle yeah. and then i'll <laughs> tab or i'll dash potion shop something like that um but usually it doesn't require a lot of detail because the detail is like is in your prep or it's much more ingrained in your memory. I found because there's five or six people in the party. Whenever one person of the party is talking to you, you're talking back. So you're make you're half the conversation instead of right. being a fifth of the conversation or a you're tenth. always a part of it. You're not, yeah. you're, Every conversation is with you because <laughs> you're the DM. Like, exactly, so, yeah. It's a lot easier to keep track when you're the DM because you're involved in every conversation. It's sometimes hard as a player when you weren't involved in a specific conversation that had storytelling involved and you yeah. weren't necessarily the one speaking. It's tough to remember things that you didn't personally do. Right. And there's another benefit uh, as a DM because unless your players are talking to you either as a DM or in character, you could usually kind of just not, I mean, you shouldn't do this, but you can kind of check out and take notes because usually they're talking, trying to figure out the mystery. And then you can be like, Hey, can I roll for an insight check to do this? And then you can, you can turn back on and be like, okay, yeah, you wrote this, whatever. But like, if they're talking amongst themselves about like, Oh, should we try to talk our way into this, into the, 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 like manners guard room or should we wait till nightfall to sneak in and they're talking over the pros and cons of each plan like at the dm you don't really care because i mean for me because i've had like both of those scenarios prepped or something like that i was saying like sneak what are the guards passive perceptions do they are, are they constantly on guard or do they make rounds what are the odds that they're gonna if they try to sneak in that they find the guard on rounds and then I'll roll for it or something. But um, yeah, like that stuff, I usually let my prep side as a DM take care of. So I can, I can kind of like ign ignore you sounds harsh, but like <laughs> check out of this conversation while you guys are deciding what to do. And then I can like tape up my nose. How, how helpful have the modules been, the purchased modules been for the campaign for uh, note taking side, I guess for the knowledge side. There, it's the modules are only helpful as far as the prep is concerned. They don't help. You can't go back and look through them to be like, what was that guy's name? 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They, they, they definitely help out with that because you don't have to think about it. Like, you don't have to write it down. Like, what was this town's name? Did like, what was the mayor's name? Like, because that <laughs> stuff is already. We do there. have that listed. Yeah, yeah that's good. So and I think that's part of the reason you don't need to prep or note take as much as the DA. If you have a prepared module, like right. your base information's already in in writing. Your notes are already like there. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're pre-existing. I, I'm guessing the Reddit person that you had, Pat, for the Innistrad had at least something sort of like that, right? Like for at least the characters and certain certain places, right? It kind of has that that part done. Exactly. You know, it sets up. You know, again, classically with the with any other module you'd buy. You know, it set like sets up the town. Here's like three side quests that people can pick up. It's from these people. Oh, that's fun. This person is like generally friendly. This person's actually like a secret cultist, and here's how you could detect it. And so they give you a nice fleshed out little area. And then however my my however my player characters interact with that, either that'll come to play, or again, you can always just ad-lib stuff and make it up on point as long as like you know it's on flavor with that character as you perceive it side quest is an interesting topic too that we got to add to our uh oh yeah because right. <laughs> that's <laughs> a list. i can't even like decipher during our campaign what is a side quest and what wasn't at this point you know like i'm like all important. yeah right you just feel like you're just like it's all one big story you're never not <laughs> doing something yeah and i i think in the in my homebrew they'll definitely be more feel like side questy type things because in this campaign right. like it's we've been going at this for so long i kind of want everything to be a little bit meaningful and right. everything like, feels like it's blending right it, it doesn't matter what we were doing it feels like it's because we're gonna eventually go there <laughs> right and there are it's like there's only three towns in barovia <laughs> so like <laughs> You're there for a reason, and then you're like, okay, now this reason is taking us out of town. Let's go right. do that. Like, and and when you're this high level, like everyone's now level eleven. Um, the hey, can you go to the bog and pick some mushrooms because I'm an old man? <laughs> it just seems like no, dude. <laughs> because I'll give you fifteen gold. It's like I have literally thousands. I've I'm never been a part of any D and D campaign that had a like side quest of that level. <laughs> it, you know, it's always slaying something. <laughs> There's yeah, never yeah. a side quest of which would it would make sense though to have a side quest of like please gather this certain herb that I need. It's it's like resides in this area. That that would make a lot of sense to have side quests like that in D and D sense, and and those are things that can be done alongside a main quest, right? It's like, oh, right. well, I'm passing by that area anyway. Uh, but I never end up in a situation where they're ever a thing. <laughs> yeah, like the the only side quests that I kind of think about are either ones that were optional, but like you didn't. Like you never really need to go to that wizard's tower, like that had uh, the anti magic yeah, yeah. field. It you, just kind of ended up the fact that like it's on the road, right? It's, it's on like, the way you look to the right. There's a giant tower. It's like we're gonna avoid it, no. right? Yeah, <laughs> like go that way. Yeah, because you you ran into some like hunters, and they're like, "Don't go over here; it's haunted or something." And you guys <laughs> yeah, are like, we're, we're like, going. <laughs> sounds fun, yeah. And you just like cut off like half of <laughs> half the story to to get to the other part. And like the other one was like saving that kid's life in Kresk. Um, oh, yeah. Again, like 
it, it felt <laughs> very vain. Like, yeah, and you and you ended up fighting the guy anyway. Uh, <laughs> we we tried that quest and apparently failed. I don't know. We just like. Well, that's because you had it, and then he got away, and, and two of your char- player characters died. Yeah, and you're like, oh uh, yeah. Uh, um, and then you had like a different reason to have that whole mess. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> as a DM, I was like, well, now I got to deal with this. No man, yeah that that was the biggest interruption of the campaign ever. Which it generally right. is, I guess, if you end up killing two of your party members, a, a shakeup is bound to happen. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the things about modules. It's like there's a clear, you know where that goal is to kill this guy or steal this thing or whatever. But and anything that deviates that just kind of loses a little bit of bluster. Whereas in like a totally homebrew campaign, like, oh, ooh, there's a thieves guild. Let's go there. Oh, there's like four jobs at the thieves guild. Which one do you want? Like, obviously, that part is a side quest. Um, I feel like we're just getting into side quests too much. We should just save it for, <laughs> <laughs> for It's going to be a whole episode. I was just mentioning yeah, yeah. how it could mm-hmm. be a whole episode. Yeah. Has anyone died in your campaign, Pat, or come close? I imagine not yet, right? You're too early on. So not yet. So uh, we started the campaign to level three, just because level one is, is both simultaneously incredibly boring and incredibly stressful. Yeah. Also just... We I agree. think you guys have talked about here, that. Yeah. Here on the Dragon Party podcast, we agree. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. three, it's like everyone's got like their martial subtype, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so they it feels just... like you're playing D and D at level three, right? Exactly. Before that, it's like we're just getting used to the game. It's not part of the. <laughs> yeah. So I leveled them up to four a couple sessions ago, and so at the moment, no, mainly because again, I'm doing the very classic, uh, you know, DM like new DM. I don't know how to power my my monsters too well you know i use like like cobalt fight club or something so it's like sure. this would be dead they haven't cool. necessarily fought a boss then we'll say right they haven't had they a, they fought like a i'd there. say a mini boss and that's where i got a little bold i think i'm starting to get it so sometimes they just absolutely decimate anything i throw against them <laughs> but oh, then yeah. i made this one boss character like this vampire that summons like these spectral hawks to help fight with her and that one i did knock down two of the players and i was Ooh. a little proud of that <laughs> but like that vampire was on her and she was on her last leg so i was like okay i think that was good because like i killed two of the spellcasters. there's only three members of the party left they don't know how powerful she is you know they're these spectral hawks and so it, it's come close and but i'm finally starting to suss it out it's like okay that's where i could push it okay i understand that character has that ability that gives them temporary hit points so they're a little beefier so right we're getting we're getting there it, and it is definitely a feel thing because like the the failure point is your party is whole dead is all dead, <laughs> and yeah. so you're like, I don't like. Uh, is this many goblins too much? Like, <laughs> maybe I won't have like a hobgoblin as a like a boss goblin. Maybe I'll just do like a really strong goblin. I'll add two d four plus one instead of one d four plus one. But yeah, once you start getting the hang of it, you're like, ooh, okay, like having a way to like move around the battlefield or be able to summon more creatures or something like that as a way to kind of like give it a half step up. Um, exactly. And like, I, and drawing out the combat. So it's like, Oh, well you thought you were going to fight this thing, but along the road you fought this thing and you 
now it's about like resource management and things like that. You've mentioned the domino effect too, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> as, soon as a few party members go down, it's like everybody oh, freaks boy. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> like, oh, this like you're on how like two death saves? Like, oh, I Ooh. can't do anything with my action because I have I can't risk this person dying, especially below level three because you don't have for vivify yet. Exactly. There's like an awkward part of a fight, right? Where like every party member's down and the enemy's still standing. And it's, everyone's on death saves, and the enemy's just like, what do I, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they're all dead. <laughs> Where do I swing this club? <laughs> yeah, the w- this book that I got, Pat, which it's you can check out, uh, The Monsters Know What They're Doing, it, it's really kind of cool about saying, hmm. like, oh, these are, like, if the creature is, like, is acts in this way and you can get hints by like what kind of attacks do they use are they like a dex based fighter or a strength based fighter like how are they going to move around do they value disengaging and then getting space in between the melee character or are they just a dumb brick who is just like yeah this is where I want to be you bought Um, a book about the psychology of minions basically yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like a monster (laughs) tactics book and it has, I love it. It has stuff all the way up to like dragons and stuff like that. Like, ooh, a like a black dragon is traditionally more brutal, so they will finish off somebody who's down before. Oh, is that ooh. why you chose a black dragon? Uh-huh. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah, it it is. I although it was kind of funny because like so we're all getting ready to be in person. People are buying costume stuff. And I'm like. <laughs> What if I like kill two people <laughs> during this fight? <laughs> the last session. Mm, this would be pretty mm. bad. <laughs> How do I murder them in the last session? <laughs> because like all bets are off the last session. Like I don't care. Oh yeah. Guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this one I was like, we fail or pass. It doesn't, you know. Right. Yeah. It's like fall, I can't. I can't not kill you guys if if the opportunity presents itself. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it actually gave me the idea for that whole. Um, thing about like how vampires behave like they're incredibly intelligent and they live forever like if you were somebody who's used to people trying to kill you and you know someone is, like you know a party member is trying to kill you what would you do and it's like oh you if you could you like scout them out first and try to like surreptitiously get somebody on on their side without the uh, party members knowing or stuff like that. So it, it is really good ideas. Uh, any other tips and tricks for a play, a new player, Pat, what do you got for a new player? Okay. So Besides I guess, yeah. taking notes, I mean, taking notes is one thing. They should do something about that, but what else should they be focused on? I think the big thing is like, you know, going to a new campaign, I think the focus is not so much as get everything get everything down because you know, I kind of like to do that, but I think it's just understanding and kind of filtering out. Which, as a new player, might be a lot. You're like, oh, I want to know, like, well, I want to know where this is located. What if the history is important. So I think as a new player, just like write down who you talk to, mm. what you talk about, and like generally how that's aligning with with the quest you're on. I think as long as you just keep that in mind, even if you're not taking those fastidious notes, if you talk, you know. Innkeeper, he led us to this. Oh, okay, and this is what he wants. So it's like 
person, like people, motivations, and how that ties into their general quest line. I think will be a, just a good, it's a good pipeline to follow. I definitely agree with you mentioned motivations. I, I feel like as a new player, I, I always say this during our character creation series. I like to give all the characters that I create a very specific quirk, right? So Swifty's got tons. I mean, he's got copious amounts of quirks. <laughs> I don't have to go over yeah. my character in D&D because he's got a million quirks. But I like to point out a specific quirk in the same way as a new player focused on note-taking, latch on to a specific motivation. Like be like that. I this I'm I just be like overly focused on like uh, the innkeeper mentioned a chalice that's all powerful. Just focus in on that. Be like that's my motivation and everything that we're doing as a party. I sort of care, but I don't because the chalice is right. all I'm focused on, mm-hmm. and that at least gets your character motivated to do to to react to everything. It doesn't matter what you say to me now. I at least have a certain motivation that I'm going to be like. Aha, but the chalice, like, what would I do knowing that I want that chalice? I, I would do this. So you just do that. Yeah. And it, for as far as motivation, they can be super simple. Like, and mm-hmm. you'll, you'd be surprised at how. And you could, yeah, how much it changes any decision yeah. or any conversation just based right. off of like. It's oh, like, well, I want that chalice. Like, yeah. why aren't you giving me this thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> also, uh, about note taking, Pat, if you're new. Do you su- would you uh, suggest to the like new note taker party or new note taking player to like only focus on what your character is doing just to start out, or is it something that like you really should know what's going on with everybody? The full bag of holding inventory, right? Exactly. <laughs> As a new player, I think you could generally kind of just focus on like or at least take notes on what you're directly experiencing. And kind of just like transiently kind of just be able to suss that out amongst your party. You're like, oh, I didn't write that down, but I know I know the rogue, like, you stole a necklace, though, didn't you, a little while ago? And I think then as you get better at note-taking and just as you progress in the game, then start doing that more. Because then you're like, okay, I know what's going on here. And then you can, you can, you'll be more confident with RPing. Like in our campaign, like... I'm the barbarian. I don't trust the warlock because I know he's kind of a klepto. Like, I want to know what he's doing. So, like, as right now, I'm like, okay, he did this, he did this, he did this. I'm kind of just writing that down. But I think as a new player, you can generally avoid that. Plus, that that a little bit of error mystery will help with the RP, which I think will make it more fun as an early character. But then, as you get more advanced, then spread that out. So I feel that knowing more will be more beneficial to the more intermediate player. Yeah, because then you can you can hop on that RP and make it like advanced RP, where it's not just like oh I know you you hailed from the lands of Sithis in the east how grand now it's like no but I know you came from there only two years ago but you said three years ago that you did this in this land so, <laughs> right, and yeah. then that's where you can build it up so yeah, start like, small yeah like oh but you you went you said you got this item from this shop in that town well the shopkeeper said he closed down five years ago and it's kind of <laughs> exactly. Stuff like that. Like, Which I feel like it's definitely there. something to work up towards because you, you don't like everyone on their lies. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Good thing Swifty doesn't lie; he just doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't prime me information if I don't have any. <laughs> Check and mate, Strahd. <laughs> <Got him. laughs> 
Try and control my brain. There's nothing there. Yeah, I, I wonder what you then was like. Oh yeah, I don't know who Sergey is, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's home. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Don't know who that is. So I'm never gonna activate. <laughs> he charms you. Charms who? <laughs> huh? I'm not home. <laughs> who are you? I just told you my name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, vampire man. <laughs> all right. It's like, all right. <laughs> Do you have any friends I could talk to? <laughs> no. After the beep. All right, well, that's all we really had prepared for us this evening. I mean, note-taking's pretty short subject overall. We all know how to do what we've been in class. But there's a specific way to go about it in D&D. There's specific things to focus on that you wouldn't necessarily think we had to. I think the looting was a fascinating one to me that you're just like, like the full Shame. inventory list. And I, yep. I just can't believe how important that ends up being when you're a year down the line and you're like, well, what did we even get from the first place? And you're like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I'll kind of caveat what I said before. Even if you're a new player, write everything down on loot. Loot. I think yeah, that's just, just get a always. running list of loot like from the campaign. Just a running list of loot. That's one thing. Maybe you get. cross it out when you've mm-hmm. spent it and it's gone, or you know, yeah, yeah. Cross right. it out to get your list to, to trim your list a bit, but just a running inventory list. Just Jesus, I mean, because and that's something that video games do for you automatically, right? So yeah. it's like that's not intuitive to be like, I need to keep track of everything I have. Meanwhile, like you're in a quest in a video game, you check your inventory. It's like, oh yeah, there's a quest item. Someone gave it to me. I have it. Right. <laughs> and, and since it's like a fact. That's something that I, I feel like people are very much tempted just to be like, well, the DM gave it to me and it should be in his notes, his prep notes or whatever. So I can just ask him. But man, I do in the middle of a session, <laughs> I I want to ask you like in character to be like, oh, well, I'll do this for a, uh, a golden tiara. And you'd be like, do we have one of those? I I don't want to be like... Check your pockets! I literally don't know. <laughs> or, uh, I don't know it, what you have. And again, like that is something that could be a character moment where the party now turns around to each other like, do we have that? Like yeah. That is something that kind <laughs> of feels like one? an in-game... There's a lot of classes rubber. that can make that, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately, just, it ties in just helping with the whole role-playing it just really builds the atmosphere a lot better if the characters themselves are are doing the dm's job a little bit not only will the dm ultimately note taking will make the dm happy but i think it'll also just make the characters feel a lot more directly involved even something as simple as oh yeah like i picked up that bow two weeks ago here you go yeah Sorry, that's man. definitely the biggest thing right it's, so we mentioned how D is a two-part series it's there's combat and there's role-playing this note-taking it helps immensely in one of those, which happens to be the role-playing section. I mean, it, it's like kind of the driving force, right? It's the, it's the CPU of the computer for role-playing. It's just like just having, just knowing what you're doing and knowing what you have. Yeah. And Combat is, is, is its own thing. You don't yeah, really it, need to know what it, that guy has in his pocket to fight someone. <laughs> yeah. <right>. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I will say also, it's, it can be, it's always important, but also can be extremely important if you're trying like to play like a political mystery and intrigue campaign where oh, yeah. the whole point is to gather information and keep track of it. And that is something that like the DM will definitely feel like he's 
playing the entirety of the game if you don't keep track of it. Um, but that's definitely spoken from the DM side. Hundred <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, we'll move along. Uh, what are we going to be talking about next week? We'll be back on the MCG and and Pat. I hope you can come back for a Magic podcast, not necessarily this next one. Uh, I, you know, we don't want to bother you too much. Right. <laughs> you let me know. I, uh, if you want to come back, well, I guarantee you, in a month's time, we'll have four podcasts in a row about Innistrad. So maybe you can come back on for. for oh yeah, I would love to for Innistrad. Yeah, yes, yeah. and we'll go through and we'll 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 shove you on, and and we'll be maybe more focused on your experience as a Magic player then too, because we've set our piece on our experience, and maybe we'll go back into that in, in our histories when we collide with yours, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to be our, our next magic podcast? Yeah, so the next magic podcast is going to be uh, something that we've kind of hinted at in pretty much every uh, it's, magic commander podcast. It's definitely threat- commander wise, obviously commander wise. I mean, it doesn't, of course. One v one, there is no this subject. <laughs> right? Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be the topic called threat assessment. So figuring out who is the player you're going to have to target, when to target them. And when to stop after they've been dealt with. <laughs> when to stop beating them down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the next D&D podcast, we're continuing our character creation series with the Bard. So, Brett's yeah. Bread and Butter. Yeah. We had to go for the Bard. I mean, come on. Of course, yeah. Best class in the game, but whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one I played the most. Uh, Pat, any last thoughts? How was your first foray into podcasting? It was very new, exciting. I could see why you gentlemen do it. And just, I'm glad to be part of the process. You, the yeah. party? You, you've been partying this whole time? Yeah, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Looks like, just like you guys have said over and over, this is, this is something we're going to talk about anyway. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to sit here and discuss this no matter what. So might as well record it and see if anyone wants to See what happens. It. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> it is fun. Good. Yeah, awesome. Uh, with that... Uh, let's go back to partying, guys. I mean, we're already party. partying. I know you got a you got a DM in a second, Pat. Bro, about half an hour, here? yeah. Let's do what it. What are you doing here? All right, <laughs> <laughs> all you listeners out there, party on! Party on! Party on! Party on! <laughs>